Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network. I'm joined by a very special guest, Kirsten Kroll, who covers the Minnesota Wild. If you guys know, I told you we'd have a great amount of guests coming on, chatting with us in the offseason, keeping hockey alive, because we're trying to make it just as year-round as football is. Kirsten, thank you so much for taking the time to join me in your offseason. If you're having an offseason, please tell me you're having an offseason. <laughs> Well, first, thank you so much for having me. And I mean, right now in Minnesota, it's the best time of the entire year. It's the reason we stay here through how brutal the winters are, lake season in Minnesota. So I've been definitely enjoying my time out on the water as much as I can, just being outside. So, so far we've had a pretty, pretty great weather. Uh, it's very hot right now, which I probably shouldn't be talking to you about the heat, <laughs> uh, living in Tampa, but no, it's been great. Oh. No, it, it's definitely brutal down here. It's getting to the point where people are pretending like we can't go outside at all. Um, luckily, I have a mom who's not from this country, so she doesn't believe in AC. So I've been oh. raised and groomed to deal with extensive, terrifying heat. But Minnesota is so great for lake season, for one. And then 4th of July is massive up there, too, right? Like everybody goes out to their cabins and lake houses and they stay out there for the whole week and then some, right? Yeah, no, a lot of people, it's pretty much an entire week they take off of their schedules and yeah, go up to their cabins, go boating. For me, I unfortunately don't get to enjoy the fourth as much as I used to. Um, I have my dog who I absolutely adore, but he is purely terrified of fireworks. So my my fourth of July is usually spent comforting him. Um, oh. But yeah, fourth of July up here is a big deal. Yeah, I definitely, I've seen it, I've experienced it um, just a little bit, but it's definitely very cool. I get the dog thing though. My dog was great her, like when I got her at six weeks and then up to three years old, and as soon as she turned three, anything she hears just throws her. So 4th of mm -hmm. July, it's like she has to wear the Thunder Buddy and she has to be in my lap or my mom's lap. And there's no going away from them, but I'm glad that you're having a great off season so far. Um, you and I kind of chatted a little bit before the show got started that, you know, in this in this field, off seasons are kind of few and far between, very short and sweet, so we cherish every moment of it. But let's let fans get to know you and all the incredible work you're doing. You're the in-game host for the Minnesota Wild. You have the Bar Down Butte podcast that you're a co-host on. And then I also saw that you're uh, letting everyone know that you are a host for all freelance opportunities. So be sure to check her out. Her email is on her Twitter, and we'll get all that information out so that people can be accessible to you and your talent but the best thing and the best way for people to get to know you is to get through this guest icebreaker so how would you best describe your personality a speedy skilled winger a chippy chirping center that one's my favorite a protective defenseman or a quirky goalie no offense to the goalies out there <laughs> Uh, they know they've all got their quirks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm torn between two on here because I I have very much an appreciation for defense, but I truly, I would be a very chippy, chirping center, hands down. Love it. I love it. It's funny because I always tell everyone, like, that's what my family voted me to be, but I guess it's time for me to be more honest with myself. I am a chippy, chirping center. <laughs> but it's funny because growing up, like, to be in a career where you talk for a living, I was such a quiet kid. I was the observer. I would watch everything happen. I was very protective, even though I was the youngest one. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, I'm the talker, I'm the defender, I'm the chirpy one, the chippy, all the things. So totally understand the combination of the two. Now, I kind of mentioned to you that I've watched the Minnesota Wild very closely growing up. Uh, They were kind of like a second favorite team for a lot of reasons in my book. But what I will say is this past season, I was one of few people to underestimate the skill set on this roster. I thought they were a very fast team. I know when my team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, went up to Minnesota to face them, uh, when we started kind of placing wagers and figuring out what that would look like, I was like, look, Minnesota's fast. And if they wear out our team, then they're going to have an opportunity to win a game and they did that now they had an impressive 46 25 11 record what's a song that comes to mind for you that would either describe this previous season an exciting moment or maybe one of the most talked about players um (laughs) and uh, this one with the wild everyone knows like right now we are in the thick of a very hard cap situation so the wild they have no money they're trying to do things with what they do have which honestly going off of that i'm really surprised bill Guerin has been able to make the free agency moves and just some of the re-signing of players that he's been able to mm-hmm. um so in bill Guerin, we trust as we say in <laughs> of our motto for the next two more years after this last year was the first year in our cap situation. So all that to be said, and especially just kind of Minnesota still in a lot of ways, finding a flow to them. I will say the song that I think best describes them is this is me trying by Taylor Swift because they do try very hard, but they still, they've got some things to figure out. Yeah. So I think that's a great song choice, but I was hoping that you were going to be my Swifty. I had Allison Lucan on, uh, I think like two weeks ago, and she was so torn. She wanted to choose a Swifty song because of course we're in the era of Taylor Swift doing all the things that everybody has to watch. The best performances, the longest concerts, the release of Taylor's versions of all things. And she went with Adele. So she was like, I'm disappointed in myself. And I was like, I know, I think that that Kirsten will be my girl to do do the Swifty move. So like the song choice, love that you have faith in your GM. which kind of takes us into one of the top conversations. As I mentioned, I was one of the few people I would love to toot my horn and say who didn't underestimate the Minnesota Wild and what they were able to bring to the table. But what do you think, what would you say as one of the things that they were most underestimated about in this previous season? Um, I will say, and I think most Wild fans would agree with this, the biggest thing that surprised everyone was the goaltending situation. So, I mean, we do have Marc-Andre Fleury, who everyone knows is a legend, but also mm-hmm. kind of in the dawn of his career, this is probably this upcoming season going to be his last season in the league. He kind of hinted at that during exit meetings um, once this season ended. But also, even more namely than that, Philip Gustafson coming in as part of the trade with Cam Talbot the season before. This year, starting off the season very, very rough, which really concerned a lot of Wild fans, myself included. But I don't know what it was. All of a sudden, it was like he flipped a switch and just went into a new mode and became one of the best goaltenders, arguably, in the league this season. Just putting up unreal numbers that people with him coming from Ottawa didn't expect to see. And so I was pleasantly surprised. Everyone was uh, currently in the midst still of trying to get that new deal done with him, with all of our cap salary issues that we're having, which (laughs) just makes this offseason all that more exciting. But yeah, goaltending for sure this year. 
Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you mentioned the goaltending because I don't know if anyone would have paid close enough attention to the progress that was made from the beginning of the season where everyone was like, holy crap, where is this going? Because I do remember reading some statements from Fleury um, last summer and the beginning of this upcoming season. It was just kind of like, crap, where's his career going? Is his head in it was more so my question and what was going to be the next step after that. But then goaltending starts to come to life for you all, which brings me to probably the next most important thing. In order to have great goaltending, sometimes it comes down to the protection in front of them, right? So tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Minnesota Wilds defense. We know that Duma, uh, he's kind of just been one of the staples for a while. He's coming off of not the most impressive season, even though I think he still has a good amount of hockey left in him. Mm -hmm. You got a young guy in Addison. You've got a tenured guy in Sprung sprung in if I say his name right but let's talk a little bit about maybe the growth that needs to take place with the blue line um yeah that brings up a very other uh hot topic in the Minnesota wild <laughs> besides arguing about us needing a top line center we know we know but uh defense yes Matt Dumba it was made out this was it just as the playoffs progressed everyone kind of knew once again, it all comes back to our cap situation and us not having any money. Um, it wasn't an option to get Matt Dumba back. He's been absolutely fantastic. And I want to really make it a point. He's been such a huge part of this Minnesota Wild community ever since he got drafted by the team and just all of the years that he's put in. Um, fantastic member. Just everything he does charitably. Just a great person off the ice. Um, on the ice, Another solid player this season. He really picked it up in the playoffs. He was one who just, again, flipped a gear from what he had done during the regular season in this postseason, really showed up, which I think is kind of making the separation harder. Uh, we have maybe $800,000 left in cap space. I don't know where that stands after signing Patrick Maroon. Um, but yeah, Matt Dumba, he wasn't going to be, we can't afford him at $800,000. He wanted to stay in Minnesota, but just financially, it's not going to work out. So that's a big loss size wise, even though he probably hasn't been the same player he was before he got injured and had to have surgery years back. Um, but still just a heart and soul of this Minnesota wild team. That's going to be hard to see him leave. Still hasn't signed anywhere yet. Uh, rumor mills circulating on that. So something to follow. Um, you mentioned, I believe, Kalen Addison. He's going mm -hmm. to be a player, I think, to really look out for this year. He unfortunately spent a good amount of time as a healthy scratch this year, so didn't get to play all too much. I'm hoping we get to see a lot more from him. So one of the biggest concerns with him was his play in the defensive end. Uh, great on the power play, which we still could have used. So I would have liked to see him out on the ice just for that, even if he was lacking kind of defensively. So this year, I think this offseason is going to be huge for him to see just kind of how he continues to develop. I don't think the organization's ready to give up on him. They still want to see him grow. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this upcoming season. A huge, huge silver lining through all of this is Brock Faber, um, Minnesota Gopher captain, I think you might be aware with the Frozen Four having been in Tampa this yeah. past year. Um, the Gophers made it to the national championship. Heartbreaking loss for them, 3-2 in overtime. But Brock Faber immediately hopped on a plane. I think it was to Chicago right after that game ended and joined the Minnesota Wild. And he seamlessly fit in right from the jump. So 
most people, not most people, everyone in Minnesota is very excited to see him just full season. He's going to be around for a really long time. Uh, we still got Jonas Brodeen, who's a very solid defenseman, Jacob Middleton. But yeah, there's there's some cracks there that need to be figured out defensively to actually really help out the goaltenders. But um, I'm I'm hoping for some promise this season in that area to continue to see it grow. Absolutely. And you you beautifully touched on on all the questions there, but kind of backtracking to favor a little bit. Look, I think Minnesota has one of the best programs for grooming NHL players. It's not really talked about enough, but we've seen a couple of players go straight from the Minnesota Gopher roster into NHL play and be contributing factors, surprisingly, in playoffs as well. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs being a promising example of that. Now, while it's heartbreaking to see them go to work against your team, it's great to see their development. But you talked about favor being able to sit uh, slide in there pretty seamlessly is this kind of looking like a guy that can fill the shoes of of Duma or um, kind of take on a large role over the years um I definitely see him taking on a large year or a bigger role as his time in the wild progresses I think he'll be on this roster for a long time Minnesota kid and just his skill set he's not a player I think seeing just kind of the glimmer that we did last year of him that we're gonna uh, let to get away from us. Um, one thing I do want to mention on the defense and it's very much, um, a fault of my own. I forgot to mention our captain, Jared Spurgeon. So <laughs> yes. Still have him. Um, he is also a big factor. So <laughs> my bad. Um, I don't necessarily going back to your question, see him really like filling in for Dumba. I don't know how much, Dumba brought a lot to the table that it's going to be really hard to replace, but in a lot of ways too. I mean, just favor if he did like necessarily take his spot. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but favor coming in definitely, definitely kind of heals the punch that is losing Dumba this off season coming in just for a full year. So that is yeah. a huge, huge part Yes, I think that's important for, for Minnesota fans to like recognize, too, is that maybe it'll kind of um, minimize the healing time of losing a guy like like Matt Dumba, definitely. But your captain being a spectacular mention there because his numbers are, are obviously spectacular. You're talking about a veteran presence back there on the blue line, but you're also talking about somebody who I think was a huge conductor and and contributing factor to the success um, on special teams. And even though defensively you guys are building and still trying to find what that structure looks like um the numbers on special teams were actually pretty great you were mm -hmm. able to function on on power plays quite well your penalty kill stepped up but i gotta ask about this guy matt boldy i feel like a lot of people became boldy fans this past season um not just because of his particular numbers but obviously the amount of games that he played playing a huge factor in this but he's doubled or nearly doubled his statistics from year one to year two. What's the expectation and what do you think he'll bring to the table for year three? I think year three, he's going to continue only to grow on what he has done these last two seasons with the wild. Um, I do think he earned his contract for sure. So last year he signed, I think it was 49 million over seven years. Don't quote me on that. Um, but something in that ballpark, he signed a big contract last season and he earned it, especially when Kirill Kaprizov went out with injury and was left out of the lineup for about a month. Matt Boldy then really stepped up and was just 
fantastic. I remember there was a game or two, I, for sure one game he had a hat trick, hat trick boldy. So a lot of excitement around him. I do think this year he's probably feeling the pressure a little bit more, especially coming out of last season where in the playoffs, respectfully, he didn't do too much. He kind of, in a way, as Minnesotans like to say, Kevin Fiala had that same criticism kind of disappeared in the playoffs. Um, again, in his exit meetings this past season, it was something with the media he addressed. He's like, I know I need to step up. I know in the playoffs, I wasn't really up to that level, especially with what my role should be on this team. So I think he's probably feeling a little bit of pressure heading into this new year, knowing, especially with the contract he signed, he really has to step up and be arguably not even arguably the second biggest face on this team right behind Kirill Kaprizov needing to get the scoring going. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that these guys take their performance very seriously and evaluate themselves to a hefty level, but kind of speaking to that note a little bit more, um, I noticed that when you look across the roster and the talent on here, there wasn't a lot of guys that were able to play maybe even 70 games this season. Kaprizov being mm -hmm. one of them with his injury. Um, some of the guys on your top line, obviously. I think that you probably got the best of the best out of 48 to probably 50 games. With a healthier roster, do you think everyone will kind of be able to focus more on just kind of fulfilling and executing their role and leveling up the team and being able to, I don't know, be more consistent in their talent and their skill set that they can bring to the ice. Yeah, definitely. I think also too, one of besides Kaprizov, the other biggest injury, possibly even bigger than Kaprizov's injury because of the timing of it and just what he brings. Jewel Eriksson Ek, um, him breaking, I believe it was his femur, right before the playoffs, missing the playoffs. He tried coming back, I believe, game three, 19 seconds on the ice and just he couldn't do it, left the game, didn't come back, missed him the rest of the playoffs. It wasn't revealed at the time, but later was revealed. It was a broken femur. He tried to play a game on. Oh. And so, yeah, just if that doesn't show you how tough hockey players are, um, I don't know what does. So <laughs> that get, made me respect him a heck of a lot more knowing just on a broken leg, he was trying to play a playoff game nonetheless. So if we had a healthy Jewel Erickson, I think that's one of the things coming back in to this new year, it's going to be huge just having him back because he is our, in my opinion, the best center on the Minnesota wild. Um, another thing too, besides just the health of the team, um, being able to maybe find a little bit more consistency in the lines. Ryan Hartman had been playing top line center, good chunk of this season, all of the playoffs. He also was a guy battling injury too. So a healthy Ryan Hartman is going to be great to see for the new year, a healthy Marcus Foligno, but just kind of situating our lines a little bit more, finding a consistent center, which I believe they're going to give Marco Rossi, um, who's currently spending most of the year in the AHL, and our number one draft pick for the Minnesota Wild a couple of years back. So seeing him, I think they're going to give him a really big role this upcoming season, depending how he does during training camp. Nonetheless, I think he'll be on the Wild roster this upcoming year. But just solidifying that more than anything besides um, just all of our guys getting healthy again. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really glad that you mentioned that because that kind of brings me to some of the, the moves that we're – 
able to be made during free agency. <laughs> I totally get the cap space situation because the Tampa Bay Lightning have had cap restrictions mm-hmm. for, well, as long as I've covered them, which has been roughly six years now. So um, trying to get those moves, trying to make the right trades. You guys did, in my opinion, you landed a golden nugget because um, you got Pat Maroon from the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning, uh, three-time Stanley Cup champion for one. I can vouch for the leader that he's been in our locker room and how much guys have just kind of learned from him or looked to him. I think he was a huge factor in helping uh, Ross Colton change his game up a little bit before he ended up in the trade over to the Avalanche. So a lot of people are speculating that Pat Maroon is going to come in and potentially fill that Ryan Reeves void. Have you heard anything or what are your thoughts on this trade for one Mm -hmm. and what he could possibly do for the Minnesota Wild roster? Yeah, well, I'm really, really happy that you brought up Ryan Reeves because I Sorry, there. I accidentally <laughs> on mic. Um, no, I'm really happy that you brought up Ryan Reeves because that was the direction that I was going to take the conversation. Um, with Ryan Reeves, he was on a one-year deal with the Minnesota Wild, getting him last season in roughly November. Um, and he just was a huge force to have, big presence in the locker room. Bill Guerin wanted him back in Minnesota. Uh, Reeves was oh. said to have wanted something a little bit longer term uh just because him and his family he's got kids they've been moving around a lot so i completely understand bill garen did want him back he unfortunate for us decided to sign with toronto which was a great deal for him but um my opinion a really big loss for the wild just the size the toughness the presence the swagger that's why billy g brought him in was quote for his swagger that he brings um but it was kind of the silver lining and all of that was getting Patrick Maroon. So I saw that headline and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's huge. So that made the the sting of losing Reeves a little sweeter. So everyone in Minnesota, very excited for Patrick Maroon, for him to come. Um, you mentioned his leadership, his size, his grit that he has to him. I think he'll be a, a big addition to this team. So I'm really excited to see him um, for me opening night. So it's going <laughs> to be hopefully a fun year. Yeah. And I definitely think that it'll help like minimize this thing as well, because I know that I think that after the season Maroon just had with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, I remember one of the conversations I got to have with him uh, in the locker room after one of the practices. And he kind of initially jumped the gun and said, I'm not producing the numbers that I, that I want to produce and that I know I can produce. And the goals haven't really been landing for me. And just kind of hearing that vulnerability and then seeing how he tried to start dialing up the season, I feel like he's going to come into Minnesota and try to prove like, Hey, I hated my numbers last year. And I still got a lot of hockey left in me, even though he did ESPN uh, during all-star week, I believe it was even like, Hey, I'm not looking to do that for a little while either, but I can tell you this, the guy does well at tilting the ice. He also does well at creating turnovers and doing that. If he is joining Doyer or Duhaney, um, I think could be an asset to you guys. Now, Back to the hockey grit. Love talking about this. Grew up in a soccer, tennis, rugby family. Ended up starting off with football. Everyone loves to talk about how tough their sport is, and I still think hockey does not get enough love and credit. You mentioned a key guy. Playing through injuries, Ryan Hartman. So you've got uh, Kaprizov, you've got Hartman, and you've got this top line that still produced in playoffs regardless of the adversity they were going through with not being 100% with their body. Um, That top line had three playoff goals, 26 scoring chances, and eight high danger chances. Knowing that 
they're going to have a second, third, and probably even a fourth line that can contribute. How much do you think that's going to open them up to be as, I don't know, dangerous as on paper they're supposed to be? Yeah. Um, I say once they get things, again, those lines, namely as <laughs> it's just, I laugh because it's something that's been, shoot. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, it's okay. <laughs> once they get that figured out, something in Minnesota, I laugh because it's been for years. Everyone talking about that top line center. If we just had a top line center, everything would work out for us magically. Um, respectfully, <laughs> Ryan Hartman, not a top line center, a very gritty guy, a guy who can score, get into those tough areas right in front of the net. Um, He'll always have a spot, but just not so much on that top line, as people like to say. Um, so once they get that solidified, we talked a lot this year about secondary scoring, because for the longest time, it was that top line being really mm -hmm. the only contributors. Matt Boldy's line, Felino, Marcus Johansson. Um, once they kind of got flowing, once we added on Marcus Johansson during the trade deadline this past season, uh, great addition. That line really kicked it into gear, got it going. So secondary scoring for the Wild is going to be huge. Once everything gets settled, it's going to be really cool to see what they're able to do once they really get them going. Because you mentioned it a lot. We have a lot of talent on the team, despite our financial problems. <laughs> so uh, I, it's it's going to be an interesting year to see, kind of, especially, too. I think a lot of guys from the AHL that spent this past year there uh, getting brought up, it's going to be cool to see how they kind of mesh in and fit in and what their roles will be. Yeah. And I think that a lot of eyes are going to be more excited to see what the Minnesota wild bring to the table in this upcoming season, which kind of brings us to what the entire topic of hockey is lifting that Stanley cup. So I want to get your thoughts before I let you go is um, the Minnesota wild sit at plus three thousand and three hundred odds to lift the stanley cup next season um we play a little game called cash it case it cut it cash it means you agree with these numbers you're you're good to go with it case it means you got to look into it a little further maybe phone a friend or cut it means no they're being severely underestimated and you think that these numbers can be increased and better and just watch out for the minnesota wild in the upcoming season what would you do with this plus three thousand and three hundred odds cash it case it or cut it um, I believe I'm answering this correctly when I say cash it. I mean, I don't think the odds are really in their favor this year. Um, mm -hmm. I have seen some projections like it's kind of funny and wild fans are running with it. Uh, 2027 is going to be the year we win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's when our best odds are. Um, I'll take it. So, yeah, this year, I think this year. I'm putting it on record. I've said it on like my podcast that I do the next year or two. We're going to be lucky to make the postseason. Um, so we'll okay. see. I, I don't think we're it's going to be our year <laughs> this year <laughs> or next year as we really get hit by the salary cap problems. But mm -hmm. uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But 2027, Minnesota Wild will win the Stanley Cup. 
we'll mark it down. And it's great that you actually all, well, A, are realists about what takes place when you're under cap confinement and trying to kind of get that chemistry going and lock in your alliance. But look, whoever tweeted out that 2023 was going to be the Vegas Golden Knights year, they nailed it. And so being a little bit more futuristic comes in favor at the most opportune time. So let's, we'll lock you down for that. 2027, the Minnesota Wild Stanley Cup champions. As they invited this to the parade. <laughs> I appreciate that because I'm backing you on this. So I'll, I'll be happy to be at the parade supporting the Minnesota Wild. But Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me once again, guys. Please be sure to go follow Kirsten Kroll over on Twitter and all social media platforms as she is the in-game host for the Minnesota Wild and a co-host on the Bar Down Butte podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Very informative and in all things hockey. And once again, thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League on Believe the Network. And until next time, guys, I am Casey Hudson, and I'll catch you guys next week.